0: HR Happy Hour Show. My name's Steve Bowes. Great to be with you. It is a cold, rainy, gray, and miserable Monday afternoon in Western New York, but that's okay. I'm going to rise above that. I've got trusty Diet Dr. Pepper, official uh, beverage of the HR Happy Hour Show. Got a great guest waiting in the wings to make a triumphant return to the HR Happy Hour Show in a second. But before we welcome him, I want to make a couple of quick announcements Uh, Of course, I'm going to keep beating this drum for a couple more weeks. The HR Tech Conference 2018 Request for Speaking Proposals is open. Go to www.hrtechconference.com to submit your speaking proposal. And please do it soon if you care at all about your humble podcast host. Um, Speaking of the podcast – Uh, Lots of great shows coming on the network. We're Only Human, HR Market Watch, they're coming strong. The boys are doing a great job. Remember, you can subscribe to all the HR Happy Hour podcast network shows with one subscription. Just search for HR Happy Hour in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast app. Speaking of the network, we do have our listener survey. It's still open. I'm going to keep it open probably for one more week. There is a link. There will be a link to the Listener survey in the show notes. We'd love for you to take a few minutes and uh, tell us what you think. Tell us what you'd like to hear, what you'd like to hear more of, maybe less of, and, and give us some feedback about the HR Happy Hour podcast network. Um, booking shows out to the end of the year, so if you have an idea, a topic, a guest, anything you'd like to me to think about for the show, you can tweet at HR Happy Hour, you can send me an email, Steve at h3hr.com, and let me know what you think. If you've got some ideas. Uh, Lots of pitches coming in, which is great, and uh, lots of great shows in the wings, including an update from our friends at Zenefits. Remember them? Zenefits back in the uh, – kind of an interesting story. One of my favorite HR happy hour shows I ever ever did was from the former CEO of Zenefits, Parker Conrad, a couple – probably over 100 shows ago now. And So Zenefits contacted me, and they're going to be back on the show to to find out. Uh, We'll learn more about what's happening with them and uh, what's changed in the last couple years since Parker was on the show. Uh, An NBA update for me. Little personal thing here. Finally, got to see my first Knicks game in person over this past weekend, and they dominated the Kings. I am buying up Knicks stock right now, but I'll let, I'll let that go for now. You can hear more about the Knicks uh, on my new <laughs> podcast, uh, "Bounding and Astounding," my Knicks-only <laughs> podcast. Uh, just stay tuned for that. And finally, finally, what we're going to be talking about today with our guest Tim Sackett, who's waiting in the wings, the Recruiting Trends and Talent Acquisition Technology Conference in Palm Beach, Florida, November 28th through 30th. Details. At www.recruitandtalenttech.com. And speaking of him, I've sort of introduced him already. Our guest today, keynote speaker at the Recruiting Trends and Talent Tech Conference, Tim Sackett. Tim is a 20-year HR, recruiting, and talent pro with a master's in HR and an SPC, SPHr certification. Currently residing in Lansing, Michigan, uh, cultural capital of the north. <laughs> Tim is the president of HRU Technical Resources a $40 million IT and engineering contract staffing firm and RPO. Prior to that, Tim was the director of employment of Sparrow Health System, regional HR and staffing director with Applebee's, one of my favorite places to eat still, and uh, retail health recruiting manager and regional HR manager of Shopco Stores and Parmita, respectively. Long story, but you know Tim Sackett. Probably, you probably know him for his triumphant writing on the Tim Sackett project as well as Fistful of Talent. He's all over the place. Tim Sackett, welcome back to the HR Happy Hour Show.
1: Thanks for having me, Steve. It's good to be here. I, it's been a, it's been a while, a couple of years probably since I've been on know, the kind the half hour.
0: Well, we, were, we used to be doing the the eight man rotation kind of basketball only shows, and then I kind of <laughs> got away from those and. Uh... The, the,
1: the four people are listening. Just didn't come back.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I don't have the analytics on whether or not those basketball <laughs> shows are really good. So, uh, well, I, I sort of joked about the my bounding and astounding uh, Knicks pod, but uh, yeah. maybe I'll just do that. I'll launch that just so people will know what they're getting Knicks yep. only or basketball only talk for twenty minutes from people who really have no business talking about basketball. But uh, I know
1: just a bunch of HR guys talking sports probably isn't the biggest audience in the yeah. world. But we had, we had fun with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: we should. Oh, one more announcement. I forgot. Tim, I, 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 every time I think I, I know what
0: I'm doing here, 300 plus shows in, I forget one important announcement. Our show sponsor, Virgin Pulse, www.virginpulse.com has been sponsoring the HR Happy Hour show since 1975. Uh, you can check them out at virginpulse.com. And many, many thanks to them for all the support this year in 2017. So, Tim, you've yeah. been in this business for a while now. Uh, yeah. And, and you're, you're really kind of doing some really interesting things. I mentioned the recruiting trends and talent tech conference. We'll talk about that again a little bit later mm-hmm. in the show. Maybe give us your perspective on how technology is and has and is changing recruiting and talent acquisition from your perspective. I mean, how much is technology changing your industry and your business?
1: It seems like, I mean, everything we read and all the money is going into recruiting, you know, kind of talent acquisition technology. So the the industry is just blowing up. For me, though, it's it's still it's still the same industry. The only thing technology does, and I say the only because that's evolving as well. But I always say, like, technology allows you to do what we do faster. So if you really suck at recruiter, recru- recruiting, good technology is just going to allow you to suck faster. So it's like, <laughs> how do you? How do you really go out there and know know what's the best stuff and what's not? But um, it is – it's getting beyond that a little bit. Like I, I take a look now and you know for the last probably what, decades, Steve, like sourcing was such a big deal and sure. like, oh, everybody was adding sourcers and sourcing teams and doing all this. And then it's almost like – Remember like when Betamax and, v- and, VC- and VHS came out sure. and like everyone's like, "Oh gosh, Betamax, that looks like a sexier version of the VHS. But VHS actually was just so, early, or so, so quick to market that Betamax never could take off. And I think sourcing and like sourcing technology is kind of in that issue where you go, hey, the sourcing tech is so good right now that most of what sourcing or sourcers do for a lot of companies – the technology can do for a fraction of the cost in seconds compared to days and hours and weeks. And um, so, to me, I look at the at the industry and go, "Wow! Like sourcing has advanced so fast. How is kind of this intelligent automation? I hate to say artificial intelligence because then everybody, like all the pundits in the industry, kind of come down on you because they're like, it's not truly artificial, you know, <laughs> intelligence. And I'm like, ah, oh, but none of us know anyway, so who cares? But it's, it's more advanced automation, I think." And, and how that's integrating into recruiting and really taking away a lot of the job of the recruiter. Or it could, if, mm-hmm. if, I, if I think, if organizations had, um, kind of the tech savviness to build out that tech stack in a way, they could eliminate a lot of that kind of busy work and, and really in a more efficient way. Um, so, I mean, I see all of that going on. So five years from now, three years from now, are we going to be recruiting the same way? We're still going to be recruiting. I mean, I still have to call somebody and, talk them into coming to work for my crappy company or doing whatever that might be. Right. As recruiters, you know, I mean, and that's the majority of recruiting. That's what we do. And so you know, can a, can a robot do that? Can a system do that? Yeah. I think it can do all the initial outreach stuff. And I mean, I've seen some examples where they take it all the way to first interview that technology can handle it. But I think the better, the brand, the better, the company, the, the, you know, if you're actually, actually trying to go after better t- um, talent, they're going to, that talent's going to expect a personal touch, right? They're going to, that personalization becomes super important. And I think that's still the hard part of technology because it feels a little disingenuous Yeah, um, when you start adding in a lot of that technology.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you hit upon a couple of things, some that I was thinking about when we decided we were going to have, uh, do this conversation today. And one of them is kind of that balance, right? That balance, uh, particularly in the, uh, man, like in the recruiting space, that balance between process efficiency automation maybe cost reduction even some of the larger companies and but providing that high feel high touch kind of personalized experience and I don't I don't want to throw out one of your dog whistle phrases Tim but I'm going to <laughs> candidate experience <laughs> that uh, I know you love to talk about and, and you've written about it quite extensively. But but having said that, I, the, the, the last show we just did, the last show I just did was with Shored Gehring from J&J. It was all yeah. about candidate experience at, at a oh. very massive scale. It was a really interesting conversation. So I just wonder, um, how do you figure out? You're in the recruiting business, you know, which makes you one of the few people who can kind of be a pundit as well as being a practitioner at the same time. So you're in that right spot. So how do you balance it just in your business between how much automation and technology we want to apply versus how much kind of personal touch and and, and kind of high touch uh, care and feeding of candidates that we need to do?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, I mean, it's all about speed, but at the end there's probably um, there's probably like a a quality um, kind of scale when it comes to speed. Like how fast can you, can you go and still deliver A Good experience. And then there's then there's that diminishing returns, right, where you're going so fast that it's actually hurting that experience. And so I think every organization has to figure that out. And part of it is level of position marketplace, like all those different factors come in. So you can't there's not one like black and white answer based on like, oh, here's the equation that's going to give you the perfect experience um everyone has to kind of deliver that and under and, and decide what that is i just i met with uh, you know a really big kind of fortune 100 town executive last week and you know we were having this conversation i go you know the the only reason that i'm in your office is because your recruiters won't pick up the freaking phone. Like that, that's it, right? Like that's really true. Let's break it down to the bare minimum. Is there's a 500 billion dollar recruiting industry worldwide? Right. Because corporate talent acquisition won't pick up a phone and call a candidate. And when you and when you really when you lay that out there, and people go, well, no, it's more than that. But then you go like, well, what, what, what's the biggest chunk of it? <laughs> and and then everyone's like, oh crap, like you're right. So then it comes back to. Yeah, how do we actually deliver and, and get people on the phone, even on the corporate side? Because I still think, you know, that's one of the harder things to do. And people, you know, then you have like the millennials and the Gen Zs, and like, oh, well, they'll never pick up the phone. They would rather they would rather communicate via text or messaging or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. smoke signals, you know, anything besides you know, talking on a real phone. And I'm like, you're right. That initial outreach could probably be by technology, by a text, by a message, by whatever. Um, but eventually, someone wants to talk to a real person. So it still goes down that path of how, how are we actually creating those real human touches and personalization and making somebody feel like they really want to be wanted. I have this this theory, and, I, and you and I both love sports. And so yeah, like, of course It always goes back to that. I love college athletics, and I think about how these kids get um, – you know how they get they get recruited by like Nick Saban, right? In Alabama, you know, big time college program, probably the biggest in the in the country for, by far for a long time. Um, and at the, at the end of the day, he still has to make those kids feel like Alabama wants them. Yeah. <laughs> and we and that's that's really all the job we have as TA leaders and TA pros is how do we make candidates feel like they're wanted? And I think that gets back to that candidate experience thing. I I've always kind of railed on candidate experience a little bit, partly because. I don't think it's that really difficult of a a thing to figure out. Like, again, you know, you treat people the way you want to be treated and, you know, and then you kind of go from there. And sometimes we overcomplicate it, you know, um, you know, by adding too much. But I still think it comes back to, you know, do do you feel like you're wanted? Like, can you imagine driving down the highway? Like you go from your office um, back home. It's a 10-mile drive. You're on the highway and you see this billboard and it has a picture of you and it has a, like a corporate logo, and it says, "Hey, Steve, give us a call. We want you." Right. You would freak out. You'd be like, "What the heck? Right. Like, I can't! I can't believe somebody put a billboard for five hundred dollars on the side of the highway that said they want to talk to me." I'm definitely going to reach out to them. But like, you know, these kids, you know, in high school, from you know, since they're ninth grade, if they're like a phenomenal athlete, they've felt like that. They see all the social stuff happening. They see the Twitters. They see posts. You know, all this kind of graphical stuff coming out. And what I'm starting to see is really big talent acquisition organizations starting to add in a lot of that social marketing component. I just talked to a company that had added in actually um, like a full-time marketer and a full-time um, oh, what are they, the, uh, graphic artist. Okay. to actually develop this kind of stuff to actually share socially um, to be able to do some of that stuff because again it gets back to how do we really go out and market to these candidates you know? yeah
0: that's yeah. a great point and I mentioned uh, the show we did last week or a week or a week and a half ago with Short Garing from Johnson & Johnson he said the very same thing one of the first things he did when he got when he got in place there as the, as the global talent acquisition leader for, for J&J was um, kind of re- shake up the staff a little bit by bringing in <laughs> folks who were not HR folks and not recruiting folks but they were digital marketers, designers, and, and a couple of data folks as well, right? And so yeah. it was – and that was kind of like early days for him, right? He had to really kind of uh, shake up – the not mm-hmm. so sort of shake it up, but just just uh, recalibrate the kinds of people and the kinds of skills that they needed to, to take on some of these challenges, uh, modern recruiting challenges, many of which, right, are enabled by modern technologies as well. Let me do a quick reset. This is Steve Bowes, yeah. HR Happy Hour Show. Uh, we're talking with Tim Sackett, HRU Technical Resources, Tim Sackett Project, Fistful of Talent blog, uh, everywhere. Uh, coming up, uh, be keynoting <laughs> at Recruiting Trends and talent tech in palm beach florida which i can't wait to get to myself i will see you there tim and get i know i will get warm for a michigan guy like yourself and a western new york guy like me the idea of going to palm beach in late november that's that's attractive right there
1: yeah they called up and said hey do you want to come to palm beach And i'm like just tell me when
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes i'm in so, yeah, I'm super excited about it as well. So um, so we've been talking a little bit about technology and a little bit about the sort of the changing nature of, of recruiting and, and, and still how some of those fundamentals are always going to be important, that, that personal connection, that pick up the phone and, and make that call. Uh, you're looking at a lot of technology, right? You started, I don't know couple years ago maybe three now i'm not sure yeah but you started yeah. this series on, on the tim sackett project where you're specifically looking at technology talent acquisition technology providing some commentary some insights i don't know if you go as far to say recommend technology or not i think you're kind of just kind of reviewing it but uh um, mm-hmm. man you've looked at a lot of stuff though over the last few years <laughs> but I, you know probably i mean probably more than me even right i probably haven't demoed as much as you have in the last couple of years i,
1: I i'm a if, huge Yeah. Yeah, I'm a huge advocate for the demo side. Like I just think it's, it just gives everybody so much knowledge. And I think, I mean, you were, you know, one of the first people to kind of show me that route. Um, and I, you know, and I think as, as corporate TA leaders, we're, we're just so against demoing because think of the demo experience that we have as a corporate TA leader and, you know, and we've both been on the corporate side and, and basically it's IT coming, it's purchasing people coming and they're putting together RFPs and RFQs and all this stuff. And it just becomes a nightmare to have to demo versus just calling up somebody, you know, like Virgin Pulse and going, Hey, I don't even know what you guys do, but I I really just want a quick demo. And they will demo, but they're like, Oh yeah, sure. Like, yeah, like let's set up, let's set up a time. Like, because they know that there's a certain percentage of demos that are always going to turn into sales. So they're never going to turn one down and you just learn so much. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, and, 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 and it's, it's a way to sort of, uh, and, and, and what you're doing is kind of interesting and, 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 and valuable, I think, for folks, uh, TA leaders, HR leaders as well, who, you know, for one reason or another, maybe not have the time or maybe not the, the, the energy or, or kind of, you know, would rather have you take the time to, t- to take those demos from them and they can read, read about them from you. And if they're interested later on, they could, they could follow up. So maybe just give us in three or so years of doing this, Tim. What are, yeah couple, two or three thoughts that you see on the overall kind of landscape of, of talent acquisition technology, innovation, and, and, and sort of what's been the things that have stuck out to you the last
1: couple of years of looking at a lot of tools? You know, I, I think one is we always think that technology is going to have like this huge cost to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's partly because of those systems that we get marketed to are usually the ones that do have – they're bigger enterprise market types of platforms that do cost a lot of money if you want to implement. And so we just always tend to think like, oh, I don't want to demo because I can't afford it. Like I we have these little budgets and TA and we just never can afford anything. And when you really start digging deep – and I think it was Tin Cup and Sumster that came up with the 20,000 pieces of HR technology in the marketplace. <laughs> and it might be even more. I mean I think they – they conservatively kind of estimated you know, that there was 20,000 different companies out there selling HR technology or HR technology products. And when I go and talk to TA leaders and they're like, oh gosh, we're looking for a new ATS or we're looking for a new recruitment marketing platform or whatever, they only usually know of two or three companies and, they, and they'll and they demo those and then they'll say, well, which one do you like? And I'm like, well, I like none of those and here's, a, here's 10 other ones you should be looking at. And they have no idea that there's probably 1,200 ATSs on the market. And so... It's really going out and understanding if you're gonna buy something, what do, what do you really want to buy and why, and then like asking like for me, I always ask a demo, you know. Um, Give me people who, you know, are your super users right now. I want to hear somebody who uses your, your software, your platform better than anybody else. And they're, they're so happy to give you that person because they've already had they have that one lined up. They're like, oh, yeah, for sure. Here you go. Talk to, talk to Ted over here. He, he thinks we're awesome. Right. And then I want someone who's going through an implementation that's about six months in because <laughs> <laughs> that's real world. <laughs> Let's really talk to somebody that's, you know, that this is kind of real life. And then I want to talk to somebody who's actually left them in the last year. And that's wow. a hard one to get. I was going to say I've,
0: that's got to be a harder one to pull, right, from, but from providers. But if you don't
1: – but they, they will give it to you if you push. And if you say, look, I, there's no way I'm ever going to buy your software unless you give me that. Mm-hmm. Because the reality is, is just because somebody left doesn't mean that they hated the tech or the tech didn't work. Um, there's a lot of reasons why people leave, right? And, sure. and, but what I find when I have those conversations – Is you really start to get a real picture of all three of those conversations together give you this great picture of what you're really going to get into. Um, and you, and you actually connect, you know, it gives you a better implementation, you know, if you decide to go down that path because you go, wait a minute, I know what to look out for. I know what not to do because that's usually the biggest learning of the people that left. They're like, well, you know, we implemented, but we really screwed it up because we asked for 15 customizations or something, you know, and so you learn what not to do um, from that. So, I I mean, I always think that that's like just a huge valuable lesson for people that are going through that Mm -hmm. um, in that, you know, but overall in terms of the marketplace for talent acquisition, you know, obviously the biggest thing that kind of comes through for me are there's three kind of big buckets. One is sourcing technology, which is just unbelievably has changed what we do. Um, I think the other side is recruitment marketing platforms in general, mm-hmm. um, and then this whole segment of artificial intelligence, intelligent automation, whatever you want to call Dirty it, bots, right, right, yeah. <laughs> all the chatbot stuff. Or even and a lot of it's to me the, like that. The artificial intelligence stuff isn't even about the bots. It's about the technology working for you 24/7 when you don't even know it's working for you. So somebody at 11 o'clock at night post you know, uh, an update to their LinkedIn profile, they post a resume on indeed or, uh, a, an update to their resume on career builder and your recruiter might not ever find that person, um, because they don't have a job right now, but those, those bots and that technology working behind the scenes will say, Oh gosh, like, Hey, um, we talked to this person at one time and we have an opening that, you know, is, is back right. here and all this and connecting all those dots in a way, that is just so much faster than the human brain could ever work. And then, you know, your recruiter comes in the next day and they're saying, Hey, Mary, you know, just posted this and we think that this person would be good for this. And by the way, we already reached out to Mary and said, Hey, we're interested. And yeah. she says she's interested. <laughs> and she's willing to have a conversation with you Tuesday at eight o'clock. And you have an open on your calendar and you're like, Holy crap! Like, this is so awesome. Um, so that kind of stuff I think changes. Um, it makes us just so much more efficient in how we do the work we do, um, but still allows us to kind of do the work we do. Um, so I think that's like one of those huge things, um, yeah. you know, from the standpoint.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I remember a story a couple of years ago around, uh, um, you know, I don't even, they probably wouldn't, they wouldn't have called it AI even at the time. It was probably just more um, more disciplined and more efficient process automation, but whereby, you know, c- candidates who applied to a given job who had a certain set of characteristics or passed a certain, you know, got a certain score on the screening test, like the workflow process was smart enough to fast track them, right? Yeah, and through the process and to the point where like. A text went out to the VP of talent acquisition, right? Like immediately it's like, oh, candidate XYZ has just come in. We need to move on this candidate right now, right? Right yeah. away. Like set up an interview right now because otherwise you know, the, their tools and their process had, had basically – they had learned that if they didn't act really, really quickly on certain types of candidates for certain roles – they lose them, right? They would just yep. lose them to to another job, to a competitor, or or to whomever, right? And so the idea that like kind of uh, this idea was kind of like all applications are not equal, right? And all jobs yeah. are not equal, and and our, our 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 response processes and our way we're going to treat quote unquote. And I'm using quotes on treat because we want to treat everybody well. I'm not trying to <laughs> yeah. say we don't oh, want to yeah. treat everybody well, but we needed to treat this as a high priority thing to action right 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 now, right? And I think. I think there's a lot to be said for, you know, approaching some of these processes in that way that, you know, that we can't, um, uh, you know, if you're a big company with tens of thousands or 20,000 openings every year and you're getting a million applications each year, we can't sort of – just feel like all million applications are the same because they're not, Yeah, right? And, no. and sort of getting better at figuring out which ones are – they're all important, but getting better at figuring out which ones are more important. I think it's going to be a big part of this too. And, and, and a lot of technologies have made a lot of um, strides in that area. Um, yeah, it's been such an interesting time in, in talent acquisition tech in the last five years. You know, I've seen it from the HR Tech Conference, of course you'll see it down at the talent acquisition technology and recruiting trends conference in a few more weeks and obviously from what tim's been doing you know in the last few years yeah, i'm sure you're getting inundated now uh, every week with requests yeah. for product reviews which is good i guess but uh, also probably a challenge to keep up with
1: no i mean it's is it, it like, when i first started out my whole goal was to do one a month i thought oh yeah i'll just <laughs> do one demo a month and write about it and then i went to one a week and, and now I still only write about one a week, but I probably, you know, do two to three to every one that I actually write about. So, um, it, it is, it, it, I mean, for me, it was a personal development thing. Like I, I didn't feel like I knew HR technology like you did, like you kind of grew up in that space. And I, I just kind of grew up in typical kind of HR and recruiting spaces and didn't have that, you know, you didn't, you didn't get to touch the technology And so this is just an easy way to make yourself feel like you know a little bit what's going on because you do learn. You pick stuff up. It's like anything because all the technology is a foreign language. But if you're around it long enough, you start like speaking the language and understanding what it means and you yeah. understand that it's probably not as, you know, intimidating as what a lot of people make it to, you know, make it out to believe that it's going to be. It's not really that bad.
0: Yeah. Hey, just one last thing on the tech side and then I'll, I'm going to talk a little bit about the yeah. conference and what you'll be doing there. If, yeah. if there were one thing, you've seen a lot of technology the last couple of years. Yeah. You've been to HR tech, of course. And, you know, is, is there is there one thing out there? And if you want to name a specific company, go ahead. Yeah. It's up to you. But is there cool. is there something that you're saying, boy, this is one really, I'm interested in this. This is exciting. Folks should know more about this.
1: Yeah. So I I truly believe that the the most underutilized piece of HR technology across the realm is employee referral automation. Um, And and here, I'll give you the examples. So if I go into any company, I'll say, what's your number one source of hire? It's usually... Employee referrals or Indeed, something like that. And probably Indeed will get replaced by Google <laughs> <laughs> right. in the next couple of years. It'll, it'll get there. Um, and so I'm like, okay, cool. And then I'll say, okay, well, give me the number one quality of hire. So what source do you hire from that gives you the best quality? Oh, employee referrals is number one. Almost 100% of the time I can ask that. If I ask 100 TA leaders, I bet 99 would say employee referrals. Sure. And, and then you go, okay, well, let's look at the, the spend by source. And I'll say, what's your number one source you know, or that you spend? Mm-hmm. And usually across the board, unfortunately, it's LinkedIn. And again, I'm, I'm, I link, use LinkedIn every day. I'm not saying unfortunately. I'm saying it's unfortunate because when you go back to give us the then what's your ranking and source effectiveness on LinkedIn, and it's usually like five, six, seven in terms of the number of actual hires they make from it. Okay. And then I go, okay, well, referrals are number one in and, and quality. They're like number one or two in terms of overall volume. How much do you pay, pay and how much is that in terms of source for how much you pay for employee referrals? And it's usually not even in the top 10. Mm-hmm. Like they pay, They're paying nothing. And so I'm like, so if you went back to a company like Teamable, <laughs> which is an employee referral automation or Jobvite who created the space or Rollpoint, which is another great one, mm-hmm. and said, like, okay, hey, how much is this going to cost us for a year's worth you know, of, of using your product? And then what kind of success will we get using it? It's like night and day in terms of ROI. It's the largest, to me, it's like the biggest ROI you can get in HR tech. And yet, I'm still shocked when I go into companies and they'll go, uh, "No, we're a Fortune 100 company and we're not using employee referral automation." And you're thinking, "Why?" And that, you know, to me, I'm just always asking, like, "Why?" And they say, and they look at me like that same way, like, you know, then that dog tilts its head and goes, "Yeah, <laughs> you're right. We had such a huge miss on this." How did that happen? Partly, I think, because a lot of those kind of enter- enterprise-level ATSs go, oh, no, 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 don't worry about it. We have
0: yeah, we employee we
1: to do we that, have right. it. We have employee referral automation built in. And I'm like, no, not like – Teamable, to me, is employee referral automation 2.0 because one of the negatives of employee referrals is, is you're asking everybody. So if you have a 10,000-person company – you go out and do employee referrals, you're asking 10,000 people to send you whoever. Well, out of those 10,000 employees, I probably have a thousand who are average or below average in performance, if not more. Mm-hmm. And so do I, do I really want them to refer people? If I have <laughs> someone who sucks, I don't want you to refer anybody. Right. Right. People allows you to go out and actually segment. So like, I, I'm going to say, hey, I have, out of my 10,000 employees, I have 500 who are superstars. I'm only only going to ask those 500 for referrals mm-hmm. because they're more likely to refer a superstar. Or even better, I need to increase my gender diversity. I'm only going to ask my women for referrals. Okay. Again, statistically, they're more likely to, to refer a woman. Sure. Not necessarily. They won't. They they might not. You know. You never know. But all the stats show us that they will. Same with, I need more Hispanic workers, more black workers, more Asian workers, whatever you needed more of, you can actually segment out and teamable and actually go after some really good diversity hiring, some really good, you know, whatever it might be. Um, I just think to me, like, I'm just, anywhere I go and talk, I'm like, if you don't have this, you have to do this. And then when people turn it on, they're seeing referral increases anywhere from 20 to 40%. And they're just kind of like, this is insane. Like, we had no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, to me, I just think that's the one thing i would go out there and say hey yeah, you got to check it thing.
0: check yeah, that's a great answer, Tim. And I, I wasn't expecting that answer. You know, I thought you were going to tell me, oh, it's, it's it's you know, high-tech <laughs> video analysis and sentiment analysis or assessments. I mean, we could probably do a, a 45 minutes on assessments and what's happening yeah. there, but
1: yeah. We're not, even, we're not even using like the easy stuff, right? Mm-hmm. To me, like that's like, let's get the basics. Let's get that foundational stuff really well first and then go on to that stuff. Yeah, really cool. All right, good answer.
0: And I think the folks at Teamable and Jobvite will be glad uh, for that <laughs> answer too. But no, I, I'd agree with you. I remember, man, I remember the first time I saw, jobbite you're talking about a specific vendor the first time yeah. i saw that demo of oh i can share this job and, and and hit these buttons and post it on linkedin and twitter and facebook automatically and you can track it everybody who clicks on it yeah i was blown away i'm still kind of blown See, away that that works it know.
1: is i know you know what's insane too is that it, it was so underutilized when Jobvite came out now again Jobvite was way above the curve like so they did this what six years, yeah. years ago oh, when wow. they came yeah People were not even ready for it. They were, they, were so far, they were so far in front of the curve, they actually had to build an ATS <laughs> <laughs> and sell ATS. So now most people think of JobBite as an ATS, even though you can still go buy JobBite refer separately and they'll bolt it on to any ATS you have. They don't care. Uh, so yeah, it's still, it's still good. I mean, the technology, I think t- right now, when you talk about 4.1% unemployment, yeah. you, I mean, you have to go and, and find those other pools of talent.
0: Yeah, you do. You do. Because the competition is just, I mean, I write about this all the time on my blog. One of my, my series I love writing about is just the macro trends and the labor market trends yeah. and the, uh, labor force participation trends. And they're all pointing and consistently got, you know, knock on wood. It's good for all of us. Right. But, yeah. uh, the candidates having much more power much more many more options and and companies having to fight over fewer candidates too, because the labor force is still not really growing either but that's another story for another day i'll, yeah, I'll get yeah. one of our great hr tech <laughs> economists to come on with me uh, maybe i'll get josh from iSIMS to come on and we'll we'll talk about some of these things too because i go all day on those too but hey last yep. thing tim before i let you go We wanted, we mentioned the recruiting trends and talent tech conference a few times. You're speaking on Wednesday morning, which I think is the 28th or 29th of November. I can't remember the actual date, but
1: Wednesday morning,
0: Wednesday morning, keynote. your speech uh, presentation will be called the DNA of great recruiting pros, transforming yourself and your TA shop to world-class levels. So without giving it all away, Tim, because we want folks to come and join us in Palm Beach, (laughs) um, Give us a little preview. Uh, don't give all the good jokes, but a little preview about about this, this talk and, and what it's about.
1: Yeah. So about, I want to say five years ago at HR Tech, we kind of did like a, a survey and we really wanted to go out and reach out to people and say, what makes great recruiters? Like, I mean literally what makes great recruiters beyond like tactical stuff, like not a skill set. But more of that, like, hardwired DNA of a person. Because my thing is, I can, I and mean, I, and I do this in my own shop. I hire a lot of, um, people who have never had recruiting experience, not just entry level kids out of college, but like stay at home moms that are coming back to the workforce okay. and maybe they were doing something else. Or, um, we just hired, um, a, about a year ago, um, a former, uh, guy right out of the military. He was a tank, a tanker in wow. the military. And um and we brought them in and again there there's all uh, every single one of them has been successful and I think because of this the DNA that we we're looking for and you know and so like one of those DNAs could be like um, political savviness right having the ability to manage your way through an organization um, and getting that hiring manager to you know be on your side and getting the executives to be on your side and getting finance to give you what you need and, mm-hmm. and being able to pull all that stuff together at the same time of you know, going out and be able to talk a candidate into why is it the great, this is the greatest place in the world to work. Um, I really think that when we take a look at our teams as TA leaders and you start to break down, um, you know, what our teams have. And, and and again, it was, it's ironic. I was just meeting with a TA leader at a big organization last week and Um, He came in and made a lot of changes in the first 90 days, and I said, so how many of the people that you left? And he just kind of smiled. He was like, well, why would you think people would leave? I'm like, because what I find is most TA teams are loaded with people that don't really want to recruit. They (laughs) want to administer a recruiting process, but they don't really want to recruit. And when you turn that machine on and you look for great recruiting pros, now you're looking for a really different kind of person that has a different kind of DNA and so ultimately that's kind of what the session's about um, mm-hmm. and you know and, and I think it's really trying to get ta leaders to think about their team in a different way and not only their own team but also you know wh- when there's when they're when they have that position to fill do I need to go out and hire somebody just because they were they have experience in recruiting or am I really looking for somebody else within the organization um, you know that we can bring in and, and what does that look like so it, it's all of that and then and some of it is, is then, how do I get if I if, if I'm a TA if I'm a TA pro in the audience, right? And I don't think I have one of those seven or eight DNA traits that you know that really great recruiting pros have. How do I get myself to get there, how right? How do I, how do, it, right. I, how do, I how do I develop myself um, in a way that I can I can get to that level? And so that's that's the gist of of that keynote um and, I, and it's a lot of fun so i mean you get to talk give some examples of about my own uh, career as well um and there's been some crazy stuff out um, <laughs> on the way um and then the 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 whole conference in general like recruiting trends i was i only became aware of it i think uh, 2 years ago mm-hmm. Um, And when I take a look at like the speakers and stuff that are at this one, like holy crap, it's loaded. Like after I get done keynoting, I have like a list of four people I'm going to watch myself. Like you know, like a Lynn Bailey is the head of like talent uh technology for Intel. You know she's there. You know Jerry Crispin, he's you know you know Chris Hoy, all those guys are there. Like it's, I mean, to me, they I, having it that last or the week after Thanksgiving, kind of like three weeks before Christmas, is kind of like a real. They picked a really good sweet spot to bring in just a ton of talent. Um, so it's it's crazy to me just to see the people that are on the list speaking.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's a great lineup, going to be a great conference. I'm really looking forward to being there, of course, to see you speak and see a lot of our uh – lot of some friends some industry folks some analysts uh, everyone's going to be there lots of technology on display as well it's palm beach it's florida it's late november <laughs> uh, you can't go wrong with that so well the links and everything will be in the show notes we'd love to see folks out there i'll probably do a couple of recordings uh, of the hr happy hour show from on site because it's always good to get in front of folks face to face so uh, i'll line up a couple of folks and we'll do some remote pods from from uh the talent tech and recruiting trends conference so i'm excited about that so tim uh timsackett.com right for the project yeah and all the reviews yep. we've been talking about the archive of all these tech reviews are there uh fistful of talent.com you're still you're still on fistful grinding away man do find the good fight
1: yeah almost 10 years oh good lord 10 years. <laughs> <laughs>
0: awesome well tim man you're you're the best appreciate it thanks for taking some time today look forward to seeing you in a few
1: weeks Yeah, looking forward to seeing you too. Thanks for having me on, Steve.
0: Hey, my pleasure. So thanks to Tim. I want to say thanks one more time to my friends, Virgin Pulse, www.virginpulse.com. Check them out for all things organizational, well-being, wellness, and more. They're just great supporters of the show, so thanks to them. Subscribe to the show anywhere where you get your podcasts, uh, Apple, Stitcher, everywhere. Take my listener survey, please. And, And again, there's interest uh, keep an eye out for the bounding and astounding uh, nicks only podcast uh, coming soon so uh, anyway thanks so much from the <laughs> hr happy hour show my name is steve bows we will see you next time bye for now thanks for listening to the hr happy hour show your source for information and conversation on work the workplace technology and more learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net